Hello, everybody. This is Jake McGrail of CITR Sports Broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news and stories. And today is a very special day because this is the 100th episode of Thunderbird Eye. And so I am not alone right now. It's alongside me are Liz Wang, Corey Branson, Alan and Byron Wang, Diana Hong, and Nelson Uzanwa, as well as two more former contributors to the show, Eric Thompson and Nico Roselli. When we had Jacob Ayer on the show last month for our Fun Drive episode, we talked about all of our origin stories with the collective, but we didn't hear your story, Eric, and you were there right at the beginning. How did you end up uh, being part of the show? Yeah, uh, so I, you know, I, like many, uh, a first year, I spent a lot of time in the nest, uh, kind of just chilling out. And CITR was there and they would always be playing uh, their shows. You would hear it kind of from the from the speakers outside the station. And this was also about the time uh, when I was starting to take some like audio technology classes um, with the music department at UBC. So I figured, you know, why not? Let's go in here and see what this place is all about. Cause you know, again, I didn't really know um, what was going on in there, how to how to kind of get on the air. And I sort of just found out that there was uh, a sports show that was uh, in the works there and that I could kind of hop onto and get involved. And the rest was history. I think, I, I can't remember, were you there from the start, Jake, or was it just me and Jacob for a while? I was there from the start. I wasn't you on were, the very okay. first episode. You were on the first episode. No, were you there before me or... It was we both started on the I think I think the two of us started at the same time okay. and then it was just you and, and then, Jacob on the first episode and I was on the second right okay went from there. yes I remember yeah okay and so then was, Liz afterwards there was not much of a sports show when <laughs> you first there was the CITR. there was the the interest to start a sports show yes I think or or to resurrect a sports show because there was like some sort of like Thunderbird Eye was uh, a thing that existed before us before the current uh yes. iteration of it we, we um, took the name and then rebranded it all. Yeah, we, we took the, the format. We did a sort of TSN 1040 on it. Uh, and made it <laughs> Oh, <Saturday>. no. <laughs> um, but in a good way, I think. Um, at least, I don't know. I, I think our show was pretty good for, <laughs> for the time that we were there. Uh, but yeah, no, I kind of just wanted to, to talk about sports. Uh, that was all I ever wanted to do. Um, and it, I, I didn't really think that it would become the, the huge thing that it is. But I'm, I'm super happy that it did. Uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't able to kind of continue working on it once, uh, you know, everything kind of shut down. Uh, but I'm super glad that it's, you know, still going strong and, and you know, it's bigger than it's ever been. Uh, so I'm, I'm really happy that, that it's gotten to this point. And one of our very first interviews was you and Jacob interviewing men's soccer player Victory Shambusha, who at the time, this was back in 2018, he was a rookie, and we have a short clip from that that uh, we can play now. So and when does the Whitecaps residency come into that? Okay, um, so I have my next meeting after he emailed me after the comp. I have a meeting with him, me and my um, mom now, um, Wilma Wilkinson. And then we sat with him, and the first question he asked me, what do you want to do with your soccer career? And I'm telling him I want to go pro. Mm. And then, Which is still what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was almost exactly three years ago. I think it was like March 18th, 2018, if I remember correctly. And it's kind of full circle in a sense, because he is having the chance to go pro now being selected 
in the Canadian Premier League draft by Pacific FC a little bit ago. So uh, yeah, he's out on the he's out on the island now. That's going to be super cool. I I always uh, I never got to go to one of their games before the whole the whole shutdown. I've been out to uh, I've been out to West Hill Stadium because um, that's also where a lot of uh, the Rugby Canada matches uh, are played, and we also held the uh, the Junior Boys Club finals there in uh in december of, of 2019 um and it's a great it's a great ground i'd love to get out there for uh, some soccer what do you uh, i did uh, see oh sorry go ahead i was gonna ask like what do you is there uh, anything particularly you remember from organizing or running that interview given that it was like one of the first that we had on the show it was the first interview i think i had ever you know really taken part in um just just in general as as like a not, not just as a member of the of the collective but like as a human being it was the first time I'd ever really interviewed someone so I was I was pretty nervous um I didn't know like how how the dynamics would work how how I would feel kind of asking him questions and playing off of those questions uh and and I remember sort of just like you know doing a little bit of research on him looking him up on like transfer marked and something and, and seeing, you know, kind of what he, what he had been up to. Uh, and it kind of, it kind of, I didn't really get to all the questions on my list because we kind of just started, you know, having a conversation and talking about what, uh, what his experiences have been like. So that was kind of when I first got that experience of like going off script a little bit and kind of doing my own thing on the show. And I, I thought it was really cool, but I was also super nervous the first time I did it. And I, I honestly, most of the interviews I've done that weren't pre-recorded, I, I felt pretty nervous about still. Cause it's, it's, you know, it's just, you don't know what, you don't know what anyone else is going to say. So you kind of just have to go with it. Yeah, of course. And what, what have you been up to uh, recently since uh, you moved, moved on to greener pastures? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I am still at BC Rugby. I'm still, uh, I'm, I'm now the, uh, the entire marketing department over there. Um, so that was actually a really interesting thing that happened was um, the, the, the previous person in, 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 in the department uh, left like a week before the shutdown. Or, so the, the last thing that we got to do was the Canada Sevens in, in Vancouver which was this, it's like this huge event. Like if, if none of you have, have been, I really suggest the next time it's allowed to happen with fans in the stands. You got to go. It's it's the coolest thing I've ever done. It's um, it's like a two day uh, two day like basically just sports festival. So you go to BC Place and there's just like rugby from like nine a.m. to six p.m. So you just go there and watch sports all day. It's great. Uh, and it's like you know BC Place is full. It's like they they open up the the upper bowl and. Uh, that was actually when the, the 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 one that I got to do in in 2020 was the la the the best uh, finish that Canada has ever had at a home event in on the seven series. So they made it to the the bronze medal game and, and won that, and that was pretty cool to see that happen on. Because because most of the most of the players on their seven team are from BC as well, uh, including a couple uh, UBC alums, Harry Jones, Phil Berna. Um, Theo Sauter, who I think was still at UBC when when I was on the show at first, uh, still playing for the UBC Th uh, Thunderbirds rugby team, the 15s team, and he was there. He actually scored a bunch of tries uh, during the event. Uh, it was kind of his coming out party as like a member of the national team to kind of go from from UBC to actually playing on the on the international stage. And he was scoring against like big teams too, like Fiji and Wales and all these like you know, high level rugby, rugby countries and scoring, playing really well against them. Um, but that's kind of what I've been up to since, uh, 
since shut down is, you know, plugging away at BC rugby, all that good stuff. I, I never really intended to to move on. It just sort of happened. Like I, I never really like announced my departure. I just kind of stopped showing up because I, like, you know, life got in the way and then COVID got in the way. And, and, and now I'm graduating in, in, in May, which is, which is crazy to think about. It, it kind of, it, everything just kind of happened at once and I had to, had to roll with it. Now, uh, throwing it ahead to what was our 50th episode of the show. Very different. We have nine people right now. Obviously, we're not all together in a booth that's on a Zoom call. But for our 50th episode, we just had two people in the booth for the show. It was me and Corey. And uh, here, here's the intro from that episode because it was, it was pretty special. Hail to the Thunderbirds. Hail UBC, thunder and lightning, onward to victory. Hail to the blue and gold, hail UBC, UBC forever, onward to victory. Corey, I feel like we have to answer for our sins for that. (laughs) You know, honestly, not as bad as I thought it would be. (laughs) I was telling Jake before we started, I had not listened to that until we had done it, uh, and so I was expecting that to be a lot more painful. That was still painful, uh, but not unbearable. That was amazing. Thank you, Diana. I thought no, it was I great. Was, I was going to say, I thought it was pretty good. I, I, I thought that was a pretty faithful rendition. If we'd, if we'd all been together for this one, maybe we could have done like a choir version. Oh, yeah, we could, could have, I could have like harmonized. That's actually a good idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's, well, we'll save that for episode 200. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'll probably graduate before the 200 though. That's okay. They can bring us back. Whoever, whoever takes the reins in (laughs) two years from now can, can, can bring us back. And that same episode, the 50th episode was when we had Liz's interview with Jonah Morrison, the UBC men's basketball player. It's our only foreign language interview. Also by far the most popular video on our YouTube page. It has like almost 1500 views. (laughs) <laughs> like triple any other video so liz liz spearheading the uh the video engagement for uh citr we have a clip from that as well 各位听众朋友们大家好欢迎回到citr101.9fm now, Liz, Jacob had pressured you. <laughs> okay, maybe pressured is a strong word, but he, he'd been saying for a long time that he was wanted to do some sort of foreign language interview. So how, how did that ended up uh, coming about for you? I was so shocked, like when I heard that there's actually like a like a Taiwan Chinese um, basketball player in the team in the basketball team because I know that like we had a um, Chinese basketball player in the te- on the team, but he's just like not that active. So I don't. Sorry. <laughs> um, so when I first heard that I'm gonna like actually do a bilingual or like session Mandarin interview, I was really shocked, and then it just feels so weird because I haven't really speak like a language other than English on the show for like since since forever and then it's just like feel like I'm not in UBC anymore I'm just like back in somewhere in China and also apparently I think he's I think he's actually kind of famous in Taiwan I think probably that's why we get so much so many views on YouTube for some reason 
one of the bigger basketball exports from uh, that area of the world. Yeah. Now, at the beginning of last school year was when Nico became part of the group. And what got you interested in uh, joining Nico? Um, for me, it was uh, it was all thanks to Jacob, to be completely honest. I finished off 2019, uh, graduated in 2019, got my Bachelor of Arts degree. And after that was done, I was looking at a couple of different volunteer opportunities and trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. And so I heard about this sports collective, uh, sports talk show, um, and I knew that Jacob was the director of it. So I reached out to him just to get a little bit more information about what was going on and what to expect. And I think we FaceTimed for maybe an hour, maybe two. He was at his home back in the United States. And he kind of explained the situation and how they needed a new hockey guy because Eric was moving on. So I kind of jumped at the idea. I get to, or jumped at this idea of getting to talk about UBC men's and women's hockey and getting to cover a little bit of baseball as well. So um, I came in, I met everybody on my first show and got to talk a little bit on camera for the first time. And then I went home thinking this is something I could really see myself doing moving forward. So I stuck with it and I'm really, really happy that I did because there was a lot of really fun times and uh, a lot of really fun games. And I think we, we wanted to talk about the Winter Classic a little bit, right? Yeah, you were you were always the uh, the hockey guy on the show. You embraced that. You're very happy to do that. And you went to the Winter Classic last year. Got a post game interview with uh, Joe Carvalho. We have a short clip from that. The Thunderbirds just finished taking out the Manitoba Bisons. Joe, can I get your thoughts on the game and your thoughts on the crowd atmosphere tonight? I thought it was a great game. We knew coming in, we had to keep our emotions in check. We know it's going to be uh, hard not to get too excited and riled up, but uh, it was awesome. I thought we played a good game. It was a huge two points for us. We're uh, It's a big playoff race for us here, so we knew it was going to be a big one. So it's good we could come out with the two points. What was that like for you being able to go to the, the Winter Classic with the, with the credentials that we got from CITR and then getting that interview too? Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. I still have my... Uh my media pass in behind me here. But um, that Winter Classic specifically was great because I remember I was with Eric um, in the, I think it was like a little booth or like a little media section up above the rink. And not only was I with Eric, I was all dressed up. I had like, a, I had a dress shirt, a sweater and a tie on. And then when the game was over, Joe Carvalho agreed to be uh, interviewed post game, obviously. The cool thing about that was I knew him beforehand, before either of us were UBC students. And getting uh, to interview him, that familiarity just made it a lot more relaxed as opposed to some of the other interviews that I did because everything about post-game interviews and interviewing on air, it was all new to me. So having that familiarity with Joe, that was great. Um, he's a great guy. Uh, shout out to him if he's watching. But uh, all in all, I mean covering hockey the men's and women's teams it was a lot of fun I know I threw in a couple of hockey slang terms and baseball stats that uh, might have gone over a couple of people's heads but no it's I okay mean, then you were you were perfectly carrying the torch of what I used to do when I was the hockey guy there we go but uh, but yeah I mean the experience as a whole the winter classic uh, Thunderbird Eye everything about it, it it was awesome and like Eric I didn't really get a chance to um, say goodbye or depart gracefully 
I think what happened was things got a little bit crazy towards middle of March and Jacob, was it Jake? Somebody, no, I forget who it was, but somebody I think read off uh, a message for me on air. I didn't actually get a chance to go into the booth. It, it was just the, it was a text message that I sent and that was kind of my departure, but I'm happy I got a chance to come on now and kind of um, leave under the right terms, best way to put it. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, you're only able to be regularly like on the show for the one year. What have you uh, been up to recently as well? I've been doing a lot of online classes, I'm carrying on the sports theme. I'm taking a few different sports-related classes offered by BCIT right now. So I think I'm in a, one's called sports marketing, one's called sports broadcasting, and then I'm also in an introduction to journalism course just to kind of get my head wrapped around, you know, the intricacies of what that industry entails. Makes me realize how much of a rookie I was when I was conducting interviews and whatnot about a year ago. But uh, yeah, just trying to fill my head with as much knowledge as I can, because if I'm going to be stuck at home, I might as well learn a thing or two. I feel, I feel like we're all kind of rookies when we started on the show, except maybe Diana. She actually had some experience. Diana had more experience than me. <laughs> Yeah, well, she, she's been working with the UBC for a while before we finally uh, roped her in here. <laughs> wow, I feel I'm, like, qualified. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, only, the only qualified member of the collective. <laughs> what? No, everyone's qualified. I don't know what you're talking about. Now, uh, we alluded to it on the Fun Drive episode, but one of our most memorable episodes, memorable sagas in the history of the show, involves Sonic the Hedgehog. That included us shilling for the recent movie on an episode of the show. And of course, we have to uh, play a clip from that now. Yeah, the filming took place a couple of years back. It was between July and October 2018 uh, on the best place on Earth, Vancouver Island, Ladysmith <laughs> and Parksville. Uh, also, some of it was filmed right here in Vancouver. Uh, and as Jacob would say, that's what we call great local content. <laughs> that's right. Um, so Sonic is basically a Vancouver, right? Not, no big deal. And thinking on an even more... Shouts out local content, shouts out local sports. Exactly. And thinking on an even more tight-knit community frame of mind, I want to get everybody's opinion on this. Who would be UBC Athletics' equivalent of Sonic? That that was peak Thunderbird Eye right there. I don't think we'll ever do something like that quite again. Uh, I think my favorite part about that was the uh, going to the movie itself afterwards as a collective. I didn't get to go because I was horrendously ill, um, but that was a nice payoff to that entire saga, as you called it. And not yeah. only did we go to the movie, we went to a pre-screening of the movie. We, we were VIPs. You, Nelson, Diana, do you guys know like much about that at all, or just like, is this all new to you? It's very new to me. I would like to hear more about it. <laughs> you guys are all so cool. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, nah, this some- is very new to me too, man. Yeah, someone who was promoting the movie for Paramount, who is also a student, for some reason reached out to Jacob and asked if they could basically get an ad on the show. And we agreed in order uh, with the as long as they gave us some stuff that we could use for fun drive as to like give away to people. And then as part of that, the person gave all of us tickets to a pre-screening of the movie in Metro town. Now, Alan and Byron, you guys were there too, right? Uh, yes, we were. And I believe Alan, he lost his wallet. Like, uh, like 
an hour before the actual show, but then he still ended up, he ended up like sort yeah, of. I did. I actually went to Metro Town and the first thing I did was I went to like the TD Bank and I had to tell him to cancel my card because it was, I don't know, it was, a, it was a roller coaster that day, but I'm glad I could watch the movie with all of you. <laughs> Even though the seats were like front row, we had to break our necks, but yeah, it was still worth it, I think lose your wallet get to see sonic it, it, you, you you win some you lose some exactly <laughs> yes and it, it was very unfortunate that Corey, one of the one of the best proponents of the movie on the episode was unable to uh, join us now uh, alan and byron it it was your first interview with marcus thorman and emily overholt am i remembering that right that was the uh, first one yes. that you guys did yes it was mm-hmm. yep yeah so what, what was that like for you guys starting off your first interview interviewing uh two olympic athletes um i think it was definitely a bit nerve-wracking considering we just uh started out on the show and like you said we'd never done an interview like that before and then to interview some of the largest names um it really gets you a bit nervous especially with it being in, in person as well um and it was recorded as a video which is kind of funny because i don't think we knew uh that we would be in the shot because during the entire video, you could see myself or like Byron or probably both of us, but we kept doing the, the pinky thumb thing to see how close we were to the microphone. And then in the video, it picks up a lot and we do it pretty frequently, which I think is pretty funny, but <laughs> um, basically I was really happy with how it turned out. And if I were to do it again, I think it would definitely go a lot smoother, but you know, first interview, I had a lot of fun. I think that's the most important part. Um, and then a thing to add, uh, like before coming to UBC, Alan and I were competitive swimmers for about six years, I'd say. And then at these swim meets, you like you really get to know who the fast swimmers are just from word of mouth. And like we were already quite familiar uh, with who these two were just from like that and the, sw- the Swimming Canada articles and videos about them. So like to put us in front of these two who are basically at the top of the sport in our country for the for our very first interview like as part of CITR or um or interviewing anyone actually in that case it was fun but it was like so pressuring obviously like Alan said and I remember spending like such a long time researching about them and asking Jacob for help on our questions Uh, massive props to him he took out such a huge chunk of his time to help us out and then uh in the end I am pretty happy with how it turned out so yeah I'm pretty that was a really fun first interview experience. Um, it's, it's also kind of weird because we actually tried to go small at first and we reached out to two first years and then one of them didn't respond. And one of them was like, I'll, I don't know, I'll get back to you or something, but he never did. So like, I guess the next logical thing would be to go and find the largest names <laughs> rather than some small names. So it's kind of, I don't know. I'm really grateful that Marcus and Emily actually uh, responded to our email when some first years didn't. So um, I just think that's kind of funny, but yes, I would very like the opportunity to do something like that again. And we have a clip from that interview to play of uh, Thormeyer, Marcus Thormeyer showed uh, really a dry sense of humor. He was a pretty funny guy during uh, different points of the interview and here's him talking about uh or the end of him talking about how he gets super intense into different hobbies that he has so pretty much anything you can think of like video games too um 
decorating my room. That got pretty crazy. Uh, and like, yeah, what else? <laughs> anything else really? You've you've got quite the list already. Yeah, yeah I think I think so it's like kind of crazy. I don't know. And I have a pet stick bug, but it's like getting old. So. <laughs> oh, you you still have the. Yeah, yeah. Like in your dorm. It's or? recent. Yeah, it's a uh, just sitting there. That pet stick bug was so iconic. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if it's still alive. That was like what, like a year and a bit ago now. So we need we need to follow up with uh. Thormeyer and ask him how stick bug is doing do you know diana do you know if that was asked in a the ubc's recent interview with him no <laughs> but i would i would be down to do another interview <laughs> apparently on google it says stick bugs live up to two years so no <laughs> looking pretty rough for the stick bug <laughs> if, if it was already getting old then then might not might not be looking too hot right now <laughs> Alternatively, yeah. we could be seeing like a new class of superbug. <laughs> it would make sense that he he would be the person to find the superbug. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, one of my personal favorite moments that we've had on the show was from our last show that we did last school year, which obviously, given circumstances, was not a super fun show overall. But we also had Corey getting his acceptance email to the UBC School of Journalism while we were on the air doing the show live. And uh, here's the clip from that. Jake, uh, I would just like to jump in here and say I just got an email from UBC grad school saying that I got accepted into the Masters of Journalism oh for my next God. year. Congratulations! <laughs> this, this might be the greatest moment in Thunderbird Eye history. Corey is going to be back. I'm back, Yay! baby! <laughs> that was a great moment because... Earlier in the show, you were saying that you might, this might be your last ever show. Yeah, no, I was, I was definitely unsure because I didn't know if I was going to get accepted, accepted or not. So it was a very vague, like, goodbye statement that I gave where I was like, yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, that was uh, impeccable timing. Uh, and I have, uh, I'm very grateful for the advisors at the journalism school for choosing that exact moment uh, to send me the email. It's like, it's almost staged. Part of me was thinking, yeah, like, no, I checked the time on the email, um, and I was like, oh, did I just, like, miss this uh, and, like, make it less legit? But, no, it came in while we were on the air um, within about five minutes when I saw it. So worked out. Worked out very well. And, uh, Diana, you're someone who's not been able to be in the booth for a show yet, even though you've been on a, a few shows now. But you have had some interviews, including from the day you participated in a women's soccer practice. And I uh, have a fun clip from when you interviewed uh, coach uh, Jesse Simons. Uh, let's see in six months how you've done and how you're feeling after training today. And you get a little break and then uh, we'll go from there. I'm a little offended. So you're saying I'm not talented or just... I think you've got a lot of inner passion and drive. But in terms, of, in terms of uh, quality <laughs> from a soccer perspective, there's little moments, but we need bigger moments. And we talk a lot about consistency here. So... Right. Get more consistent and and then we can definitely talk diana have you been able to follow up with him and uh get more worried <laughs> whether you'll be able to be a part of the team well i haven't because you know uh <laughs> you know what i think he was actually interested <laughs> yeah you could you could be the next charles die right like i don't know about you but that sounded a little like you know a positive yeah, like maybe there's something there 
Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, but I had a lot of fun with that practice. It was actually going to be two hours. Um, I don't know why I signed up for that when the video is not even going to be like more than 10 minutes. Um, and then he was just like, oh, we have um, cardio after this. Do you want to do it? And I was just like, I was just like, um, <laughs> okay, sure. And I was dying. Literally like Sabrina, one of the players, she, and I was dying. <laughs> She's like, Dana, breathe, breathe. I was like, okay. Um, but I had fun, um, but I'm working on my shooting skills. So I look forward to go back and show him uh, my improvements. Um, and I also did an interview with Elaine and then I kind of got her to skate on campus. And then now she's actually here with me today, but um, yeah, she comes often now and it's kind of cool. Like, um, and I thought for me, like I coach Jesse, what I heard from Sabrina was, oh, he's kind of awkward. Um, so I was kind of scared. Interviewing him was a lot of fun because he was very nice then and very outgoing than I thought. So um, I had a lot of fun. I mean, it's a, it's a very good video that came out of it, too. It's on the, the USC's YouTube page of Diana struggling to get through a soccer practice with the team. Yeah, but I was really hoping to do a hockey one because, you know, I actually know how to do the sport. I actually know how to skate. But because of the restrictions and it got things got tough with um, UBC Athletics with their restrictions and everything, so... Um, we are on hold for that, but um, I'm planning a cool thing with the CBL uh, Razor Bandits and like, and are doing a little basketball segment as well for Ubersi and possibly an interview too. <laughs> so, well, well, Grant Shepard just signed with the Bandits, didn't he? Yeah, he did last year, but oh, okay. um, he didn't. Did he? Did he play like in the in the finals? Um, I don't believe so. I, I think but, he was on like their their reserve team. Yeah, they or were. Something. Yeah, he was on the roster. He's actually playing for America right now, but I don't know if I can say further about like this upcoming season because <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he was last year. Now we've got. A uh, number of people here, as I mentioned, who have been part of the show at very different times. So before we wrap things up, I just felt it'd be fun to go around one more time and can mention if there's any moments that we haven't discussed so far that you remember from the show that have uh, stood out for you. Eric, I can start with you. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many. I don't think I don't think I could uh, get to all of them. I do. I think the the thing I remember the most is uh, doing uh men's and women's volleyball commentary with Jacob and then receiving an email from one of the, some parents of one of the players saying that like we were the best commentary duo they'd ever seen on Canada West TV because what they had done is they they had uh, they were broadcasting the matches but they didn't have a commentator so they just used our audio feed from the radio and we instantly became the favorite Canada West commentators of, <laughs> of these these parents of a player. So that was a pretty cool cool moment for me. Maybe you complimented their uh, 
their their kid just enough. <laughs> I think I think we were just we were doing like uh, this this very this very like amateur hour comedy routine style of of volleyball commentary. I was like, wow, that guy has a great mustache and, and things like that. It was, <laughs> it was like it was very like low key, and and we were just kind of there to have a good time, and it ended up you know going over pretty well. So. That, that's probably I think the what, what, one of one of the moments I, I could I could spend lots of time going over them but that's that's one that sticks out to me what about you uh, Nico um you know, in terms of favorite moments I'm in the same boat as, as Eric there's there's a lot but I think that w- the things that all stood out for me were uh every everything that I kind of put myself into was a first so I think I, I would kind of overlay it with just messages of thanks. I mean, my first ever post-game interview was with Keelan Filowich. So huge thank you to her and to Maddie Penn for setting it up. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Joe Carvalho, huge thank you to him for agreeing to do it right after the Winter Classic. Jake, you and me did um, a Michaela Okrodnichuk and Tori McLash interview. That was the first time I'd ever done an interview. Um, and that was an on-air interview. It wasn't pre-recorded. So that was a great time. I mean, for, for somebody who had never even thought about talking about sports live on air before to interviewing a goalie like Tori McLash, who was unbelievable that season, I think the amount of times that we alluded to her save percentage and her goals against the average was ridiculous. But um, yeah, I mean, so all of those little moments, all of those first for me and then just going into the studio and recording uh weekly that was a great time because we all got to hang out even before we went into the actual uh you know into the actual recording studio we would all hang out in the lounge and just joke around with each other for a little while so um yeah I mean everything kind of all the little moments were kind of like the one big moment if that makes sense so I think the for me to end it off, just saying thank you to everybody for making it happen. That's uh, that's the good. That's a good way to go. Now, Liz, you've been here for uh, as long as just about anyone. So, uh, what about you? Yeah, I think definitely like among all those other memorable moments, it's like the time when uh, you and Jacob first got me on the volleyball court. <laughs> it's really the start of everything and I'm really glad to like actually be able to talk about sports and also like do like help out at the uh, color, uh, color commentary and also be able to just like go to the court and take pictures for for the show and just like be on the court and just like feel the game from a different perspective it's just all really fantastic and unimaginable before I came into CIT here. Yeah, one one thing that I thought of when Nico brought up the Chuck and McClash interview we did was we were supposed to have someone from the UBC come and video record that, but then there was uh, some issues. No one ended up uh, being able to come, and then so Liz just handheld a camera the entire interview, just like swiveling back and forth in between me and Nico, and then between uh, Michaela and Tori. And it, given that there was no tripod or anything, it ended up being pretty steady. So I commend you for. Uh, for that thank you uh Corey what about you I mean we already had the beautiful singing that we did but is there is there anything else uh you know yeah it's tough to top that sort of thing but yeah I agree with everybody else there's a lot of great moments uh as Eric talked about commenting volleyball when I got to do that that was a lot of fun uh Gerard L. T. Gray Murray will forever live rent-free in my mind 
Um, as well, the Shamanad Silver Swords, a softball team from Hawaii, gave us so much dad joke content. I will never forget about that. Um, on a more serious note, I really enjoyed whenever UBC was either in contention or won a national championship. Uh, I remember women's volleyball and women's soccer from my time on the show, and there's just so much hype in the booth uh, around those runs uh, and the excitement that we were able to share uh, when we did end up winning was uh, really unforgettable. Even though you're always a closeted UVic fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you win some, you lose some. The UVic championships were nice, too. Something that Corey did not mention that is something that he's very, very good at, which is also a great memory, is his ability to pronounce names seamlessly. Every single time there was a difficult name, you knew Corey would absolutely ace it. Well, thank you, Nico. <laughs> I remember it in terms of golf. There was one golfer. I can't remember who it was. Andrzej Wierzba, the Polish guy. There we go. Yes. <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> Throwback to Jacob just absolutely butchering a bunch of French names and then everyone having to help him out on that. It's okay. They don't teach, or they maybe don't teach that in, in school in California. Helen and Byron, what about uh, you guys? Um, we definitely weren't here as long as all of you, so I don't have as many um, memories, but I think overall everything was pretty fun. I really, um, my interview with the esports members really stood out to me because it was different. And when I joined, um, I did not imagine myself interviewing some Smash Bros and Mario Kart players. Um, and other than that, I think a highlight for me as a group was definitely the um, Sonic movie. <laughs> um, I don't know, it was really fun. And I really liked the merch that we got as well. Like I remember showing up to class, with, like Sonic posters, like a bouncy ball because I didn't have space in my bag and um I don't know people were just like well like what are you doing with that but yeah I think that's basically it for me I think again it was just it would just be that like swimming interview because like uh you like see these people at these swim meets that you go like every weekend and then to actually get to like uh talk to them and ask them about their like lives and what it's like I think that was really interesting and then like Alan said, we, Alan and I didn't join long enough to get to like go to in-person games or do any of that. So I guess my highlight would also be going to the Sonic movie because I've never heard about like how you would even get the tickets early to a movie. So to actually get that experience, um, it was honestly like such a cool thing. And I, I didn't know like that was even like possible, but yeah. Diana, you've only been part of the show during the remote era, but have you? Is there has there been able to be anything that's uh, stood out for you so far? Yeah, of course. There's plenty. Um, obviously, all the meetings that we do every week makes my day and my week and my month. Um, but one of the big one I would say is um, when uh, I was planning on doing well, I guess like a collab, kind of, sort of. Um, for our UBC video um, with the men's volleyball team and we were kind of short on staff on like getting it filmed and so when Jake came and I actually saw him in person because you know we've been all through Zoom and we haven't really seen each other I was like oh my god it was like a, what, like meeting a celebrity I'm like oh my god I saw you on TV <laughs> um, so yeah that was super fun um like just watching Jake go around and like interviewing these like athletes to like ask 
oh, what, how do you rate Diana's like performance? <laughs> um, that was really fun. Um, yeah, so just like weekly uh, meetings <laughs> and the volleyball really stood out to me. But I really look forward to um, going to the booth and actually doing it live. <laughs> Because I think there's definitely a different, like, not pressure, but, like, butterflies. Because, like, you can't mess it up. Um, so, and I think, in a way, because of COVID, not that I'm saying, you know, this whole quarantine, I'm blessed. But um, it just, it was an opportunity for me to just to get an idea of how the whole uh, radio broadcasting works. Because I'm so used to just typing um, transcripts and everything. So... Uh, it was a way for me to learn um, the whole process. That then I can screw it up. <laughs> but in live, when we're going live, I probably can't. So it was actually good practice for me. And I think I've had plenty of practices now. So I would love to go back ASAP <laughs> and meet everyone. And finally, Nelson, you've only been a part of the collective for a few weeks now. So this is all... I guess still pretty new to you, but I, what kind of initial impressions have you been able to get from the collective? I mean, everybody's great. Everybody seems great. You know, obviously, like, I feel like I'm missing out a lot, you know, based on all the exciting stories that everybody's been, been able to share and stuff. But um, uh, I think uh, this collective is just, I think it's, it's, it's good because I really just want to do it so I can, because um, just like Corey, he got, I mean, as you played in the audio, he got into uh, journalism school and I got into journalism school as well, the grad school. And so I really just wanted to get into a collective where I can learn a lot, you know, how to broadcast and what it means to just be in that atmosphere. So even though I'm not getting the optimal experience yet, but I still think that I'm learning a lot, um, even just as like with quarantine and um, COVID and stuff. But uh, I can't wait to, you know, be able to get on campus and, and all this to clear out and so I could get in the studio, you know, and it's just immerse myself into that atmosphere, you know. And uh, with Diana talking about wanting to do more uh, practices for uh, video content for the UBC, maybe you could walk her through a football practice, help her <laughs> go through some of those <laughs> drills for, uh, yeah. for the video. <laughs> okay, Nelson, but here's the thing. I actually, I have the talent, you know, like I know, I know I'm, I'm pretty good. The one <laughs> sport I was, oh, excuse me. <laughs> the one sport I was, I would say I'm like so bad at is golf. Like, oh my goodness. Like, I cannot get that. Like, I cannot, tar like my part anyways. Yeah. So football, watch it. You know, we should really do it. Cause okay. Okay. We, we're going to get that, get that started then. Mm -hmm. Oh, she sprints fast, kind of, but yeah, she can run. <laughs> now, with the with the recent news that classes should be in person in the fall, at least the school is preparing for them to be in person in the fall. We will hopefully be able to be back live in the studio soon. But for now, at least we've been able to celebrate 100 episodes as a group, even if it is remotely uh, like it is right here. And uh, thank you to Nico and Eric for uh, coming back on the show too. And you you have gone now. You're a good uh, send off that you did not get uh, previously. So we will now have a quick break for ads and PSAs, and uh, we will be right back after that.
without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Do you like laughing, hilarity, radical thought-provoking creativity, and laughing? UBC Improv is UBC's home for improvisational comedy, theater made up on the spot. Like us on Facebook to learn when our next shows are. Search for us on YouTube for our film sketches. And follow us on Twitter because we want the followers. UBC Improv. Insert cheesy slogan here. Let's get it on Welcome back. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Now here's Corey with the News Roundup, followed by Liz with the Alum of the Week. Good afternoon, everybody. Corey Branson back already. Today is Peyton Manning's birthday, so in honor of the sheriff, I will be sharing with you updates from the Thunderbirds over this past week. Yeehaw! First and foremost, our congratulations to Taylor Brown from the men's basketball team, who was just selected 16th overall in the Philippine Basketball Association draft by the Alaska Aces. Brown played 132 games here at UBC and was a big part of the Canada West title the team won in what turned out to be his final year. The Surrey native is proud to represent Canada in the league, while he also has family in the Philippines, making his selection even more special. The PBA is slated to tip off in April, though schedules are hanging in the balance thanks to our global pandemic. Regardless of when Taylor first steps on the court for the Aces, we wish him all the best. It's week two of the University Swimming Challenge, a virtual U-sports event allowing swimmers from across the nation to post times online and compete with one another in a pseudo-national championship format. As it stands, UBC is dominating a number of categories in the men's and women's competitions, with Blake Tierney leading the pack. He sits in pole position in four different disciplines. Granted, a number of schools have yet to submit times to the competition, but UBC is reminding the country of its pool prowess already. On Friday, our track and field team competed in the first installment of the UBC in-house challenge, while their opponents were only their teammates, it was still a nice opportunity to get those competitive juices flowing. Elsewhere, the women's soccer team collaborated once again with the Hope and Health program last Tuesday to support Indigenous youths in the province. Over 200 kids were able to participate at T-Bird Stadium or virtually, representing over 50 nations. It's a great cause. And that's all for me. Next up, Liz Wang with the Thunderbirds alum of the week. Thank you, Corey, for taking us back. This is Liz Wang, and next up, I'll be introducing you to Thunderbird's Alum of the Week. For those who just tune in for our show, every show during the Thunderbird Alum of the Week segment, we cover one former UBC sports person, profiling not only their time on campus, but also in the wider world. No time here limitations, so you will hear stories from all throughout the history of the UBC athletics. 
This week, I want to introduce a former baseball alumni who is the only one from his sports to be inducted into the UBC Sports Hall of Fame, Jeff Francis. In his three years with UBC, starting in 1999, Francis set 11 new team pitching records, was named an NAIA First Team All-American twice, an Academy All-Canadian three times, and was the recipient of UBC's Bobby Gowd Award for Outstanding Male Athletes and Sports BC's University Athletes of the Year. In the 2002 preseason, he was named to Baseball America's All-American team, a first for a player at a Canadian school. Jeff Francis was born in 1981. In 1999, he graduated from North Delta Senior Secondary School as a three-day student, and chose to come to UBC to study physics. In his freshman year, he quickly gained attention from his coach Terry McCade with both his academic performance and his incredible pitching talent. Francis was a quick learner. After giving up ten runs in five innings in the 18 years old's first start, he rebounded in his second start, striking out 12 in eight innings against the same team. He became the center of people's attention in 2001, when he led UBC with a 12-3 record, throwing six shutouts, including a stretch of 46 scoreless innings, all against top-rated NAIA competition. It was the first time UBC was able to land games against NCAA Division I competition. Following this 2001 UBC season, Francis pitched in the Alaskan Baseball League, where he went seven to one winnings to the National Baseball Congress World Series MVP and Alaska Baseball League Player of the Year honors. As the 2002 season began, Baseball America, the Baseball Authority, made Francis the first ever from a Canadian university to be named to its preseason All-American team. When he graduated from UBC in summer 2002, Francis was drafted by the Major League Baseball first round, ninth overall by the Colorado Rockies. He was among the highest drafted Canadians ever. During his time with the MLB, he has played for Kansas City Royals, Cincinnati Reds, Oakland Athletics, the New York Yankees, the Toronto Blue Jays. And just before he retired in 2015, he also led Team Canada and won the gold medal at the Pan American Games. He was inducted to the UBC Sports Hall of Fame in 2008, and retired his number 16 jersey in the UBC Thunderbird Stadium in 2019. And that concludes the Thunderbird Alum of the Week segment. Thank you again for tuning in. And with that, thank you for tuning in to our 100th episode of Thunderbird Eye here on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Thank you again to Eric Thompson and Nico Roselli for coming back on the show. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail, Liz Wang, Corey Branson, Diana Hong, Nelson Uzanwa, and Alan and Byron Wang. Thank you for tuning in, and have a great rest of your day.